welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is May 17th, 2022. I'm Pat, and you're here, and we're going to talk about the New Japan Best of the Super Juniors 29 Tournament, nights 1 and 2 from May 15th and May 17th. That's all this episode's going to be about. I'm not going to cover any other news uh, or anything else. Just want to cover the Best of the Super Juniors. We'll save news for the AEW Podcast tomorrow on Wednesday. Or it might be out by the time you're listening to this. So regardless, just trying to get through these Best of the Super Junior shows so they don't stack up and become overwhelming. If you're new here, please subscribe to the podcast, either on our podcast feeds, which can be found on Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Overcast, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find it. Or on YouTube, which is where a lot of people seem to be listening to it. So if you're on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button, leave a like on the video, leave a comment to show your support, whatever it is. If you like the video, if you disagree with our takes... If you want to tell us who you think is going to win the best of the Super Juniors, your favorite matches, whatever it is, comment, comment, comment. We'd love to push some more audience interaction for the future, so please consider leaving a like and comment on the videos on YouTube. And if you're listening uh, to the podcast on podcast feeds, leave a review on Apple or Spotify. That helps us. It'll help us grow the podcast even further, which means more content. So in the long run that helps and you know the more likes and comments we get the more we know that people want to hear whatever content it is so if it's new japan posts or impact posts or AEW, we know that you like it so please consider doing that without further ado we're just going to dive right on in also be sure to follow us over on twitter at deep six wrestling uh without the g there's no g at the end but go follow us over there too but uh yeah we're just gonna jump in so it's just me covering this. I will go over our predictions that we did at the end of this, so you can hear our score updates. If you missed, um, if you go on, if you're on YouTube or the podcast, if you go back a few episodes, you'll be able to see that we did a, a brief little preview prediction show for the entire uh, Super Juniors tournament. You can hear myself and Ryan go over our picks as well as the picks for Joey, Angelo, and Rob for the uh, best of the Super Juniors. So I will give points standings on that when we get to the end of this. Um, episode. But without further ado, we're going to start for night one of the best of the Super Juniors. I'll go over the results of the uh, the tag matches before, but I'm not going to go over my thoughts on all of them. It's just, I don't see the point. Um, so on night one, we had Tiger Mask, Tenzan, Wado, and Eagles taking on Fujita, Oiwa, Nakashima, and Wheeler Yuta from AEW. And uh, the, the, the non-Young Lion team got the win here with uh, Master Wado getting the pin. We had Shingo Takagi, the current KOPW holder, and Bushi taking on Dick Togo and El Phantasmo in a dream match. Uh, that saw Shingo pin Dick Togo. And we had uh, Titan, El Lindemann, and Jado taking on Takamichinoku, Doki, and El Desperado uh, with Titan pinning Takamichinoku. And that would send us into the actual tournament matches with the first one being Ace Austin, the current X-Division champion from Impact Wrestling, taking on Clark Connors from the LA Dojo, the uh, Wild or White Rhino, I forget what his nickname is, something Rhino. Uh, As somebody who covers Impact regularly and watches the show, I will say Ace Austin has been impressive for quite some time. They made note that this is his first time in Japan ever, and his first time wrestling in Japan as well, obviously. Um... And I gotta say, I, uh, he was one of the names coming into this tournament that I was very excited for. I really like Ace in the ring. His match against Trey Miguel recently at uh, Under Siege for Impact was phenomenal. And I was looking forward to this match with Clark. And I thought these two, they only had about 10 minutes, but they went out there and they 
they just lit it up together. I thought these two had wonderful chemistry. Um, it was nice that, you know, commentary really noted that Ace has a target on his back with the X Division title that, uh, that the guys in the tournament are going to want to pin him so that they can get a title shot. You know, it adds to the stakes of all of his matches, which I think is a very good thing. Um, it's just nice to see Clark Connors back in, like, New Japan proper for the first time since 2019. He's really grown as a performer, and uh, honestly, all of the LA Dojo guys have, um, you know. So I'll be excited when Fredericks and Coglin can get over, too, because I really like them. But regardless, I thought this was really good. Um, at one point, we had Clark Connors nailing Ace Austin with a spear as a counter to the fold, which is Ace's finisher. He's absolutely cut him in half, and I thought it looked wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Um, also have one of my new favorite wrestling moves here, which is Clark Connors, uh, Clark Connors' Extinction Elbow, which is kind of like a coffin drop elbow drop, which I thought was really nice. Eventually, Ace Austin would get the win, picking it up with the fold and earning his first points in this year's Best of the Super Junior Tournament. And I thought him and Clark Connors both had a really good showing here, and I'm excited for both guys moving forward in the tournament. And I think Ace especially will uh, turn some heads, especially since this is his first time competing in New Japan and his first time in Japan overall. So uh, a new audience for him getting out of just being in the impact zone. Uh, from there, we went to our next match, which was Alex Zane versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Alex Zane uh, coming off of New Japan Strong into this tournament. Not signed anywhere, still technically a free agent. Uh, and as commentary noted, he made his return to Strong after, as Chris Carlton put it, a, uh, a brief excursion in WWE. I believe he was only there for a few months. I want to say like three or four months uh, before getting cut in one of the, the mass releases. So, um, and they, they did a really good job of, of putting over how that could, you know, affect a competitor uh, with their mindset and, you know, getting into that system, having to learn that style and then coming back to the regular wrestling scene and, you know, having to adapt. So I thought that commentary did a really good job of playing up Alex Zane's time in WWE, uh, WWE and how it could affect him in this tournament moving forward. As for the match itself, I think this is the match that um, I cared the least about in terms of going into the show. Uh, it was not the weakest match on the show for me, but it was it was just fine, you know. Kanemaru's a veteran, and Alex Zane is, you know, still an upcoming face in wrestling. Um, I don't necessarily think their styles meshed all too well, but it wasn't like it was detrimental. It just wasn't, like, you know, as explosive or as fun as it could have been. Uh, I'm curious to see how Alex Zane is going to do for the rest of this tournament. Um, I think he could have some big showings against, like, Hiromu... Um, maybe Yo and Francesco. So we'll see. But I'm uh, I'm I'm curious to see how he's gonna do. Regardless, he uh, he picked up the win here. So Alex Zane gets his first two points for the tournament as well. After this, we got Francesco Akira with TJP in his corner representing the United Empire. This is uh, Francesco's debut match for New Japan here. Um, after debuting. I forget which show it was. I think it was Hyper. It might. Maybe, it, mm, I want to say Hyper Battle, but I could be wrong. Um, when he first made his appearance, and he is the Fireball, and it was him versus Show, the Murder Machine from Bullet Club slash House of Torture. Um, I actually did have. I don't want to say I had expectations for this, but I was looking forward to this just because I've never seen 
Francesco Akira wrestle and you know show is show sometimes he's great other times it's just riddled with house of torture thankfully this match saw no Dick Togo interference he was not out at ringside with show which I did uh, I did enjoy that so show's antics I thought were you know pretty self-contained it was just him doing this uh, with you know the shenan- the bullet club style shenanigans which I thought worked you know decently fine in this match with him you know, distracting the ref and, you know, using the chair on Francesco, trying to go for a count out, using weapons outside the ring and trying to go for a count out. I thought all that worked pretty well. So I can't say that, you know, show cheating hindered this match. I thought, it, you know, increased the level of drama here. I thought Francesco looked very promising. Um, I mentioned it to uh, Ryan, Joey, and Angelo, but I just... Uh, I think he, you know, just needs a little more refining with his work from, like, move to move. I think he has a lot of... He's a really cool move set, but it's just, you know, putting the pieces together, I think, is the the priority here. Um, with, like, he had, towards the end of the match, he hit, like, his big fireplex, which is a unique-looking, like, German suplex, which looked really good, and then went for a pin, got a two-count, and then followed up with something that commentary was referring to as the the last round, which made it seem like, oh, this is his finish. And then hit it. It looked very impactful, and he just didn't go for a pin. He just, you know, started firing up, and then hit another move, and then got the pin. It just was like, so a bit anticlimactic. Um, so I think just, you know, the the structuring of the way he gets to his match finishes, and you know how he puts these moves together, I think could use some work. But I I think there's a lot of promise. Um, so he did pick up the win here, uh, pinning Show and getting his first win in New Japan. So two points for Francesco Akira. Uh, in the best of the super juniors we went to Taguchi versus Hiromu and notably at the press conference Taguchi said there was going to be no butt stuff this was going to be a serious tournament first move of the match he goes for is uh is his hip attack misses and just lays down on his back defeated and tells Hiromu to pin him Uh, Hiromu eventually would try and he got baited for uh a roll-up here and it just you know Oh, well. And then we got a lot of running around on the outside. Taguchi just playing games. Uh, this was... <laughs> this was 10 minutes. Didn't need to be 10 minutes. But at least they kept this short. This didn't go like 15, 20 minutes. So it is what it is. Hiromu won. This was the weakest match on the card for my money's worth. Hiromu gets two points. After this, we went to the main event, which was Taiji Shimori, the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, defend, or not defending, uh, facing off against Yo in the main event. Um, I thought this actually was really solid between these two, personally. Um, I still think Ace and Clark Connors was my favorite match of the show, but this would probably be number two. I thought these guys did a really good job. Just, you know, uh, I thought Yo did a really got, good job selling. I thought they did a good job of, you know, building Yo as a baby face with him going, like, getting his, um, I think his left arm just beaten down the entire match. Um, so, you know, working that over and just, they did enough to make me believe that Yo had a chance here that I thought they did pretty good. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm personally happy that Yo lost, not because I dislike the guy, but because... I think that if he beat Ishimori here, his chances of winning the tournament would be down. And for those who did listen to our predictions, I did predict that Yo will be the one to win this year's Best of the Super Juniors tournament. So uh, him losing to Ishimori on night one is a positive start for me. Um, So we'll see. But I thought these guys had a pretty solid match. Eventually, it was too much for Yo, and he had to tap out to the bone lock. But um, yeah, 
So first night was pretty good. Um, for those who haven't watched, I would recommend checking out Ace Austin and Clark Connors, Taiji Ishimori, and Yo, and uh, Francesco Akira and Show. You can probably skip the other two matches without missing much, but those three I would say definitely go watch. Moving on to night two, we head to May 17th, and our tag matches were Nakashima, Tenzan, and Yo taking on Fujita, Oiwa, and Clark Connors, with Clark Connors getting the win for his team ahead of his match with Sho on night three. Uh, our second match was Tiger Mask and Ace Austin versus Taka Michinoku and Kanemaru, uh, with Ace Austin pinning Taka ahead of his meeting with Yoshinobu Kanemaru on night two, or night three. Um, and then we had Jado, Alex Zane, and Taguchi versus Dick Togo, Sho, and Taiji Ishimori with Sho... Uh, pinning Jado ahead of Sho and Ishimori's matches against Alex Zane and Taguchi, respectively, on night three. And that sent us into our tournament matches for night two for the first night of B-Block action. And we had L. Lindemann versus Doki here. Um, commentary, it was just Chris, er, no, it was just Kevin Kelly on this show. And Kevin noted that uh, as soon as Lindemann was done this match, he had to get on a train and get back to Tokyo so he could wrestle another match. I believe he was defending whatever championship he holds for Gleet uh, right after this show. So that man seems to have a fun life. And, um, yeah, this was uh, a surprising match for me. I didn't really know what to expect. I don't, I'm not too familiar with El Lindemann. Doki is somebody who, you know, has grown over the past few years. And I didn't really know what to expect here, but I thought these guys had a pretty solid opening match here. And, um you know, I was also shocked because Doki picked up the win. I, I was for sure L. Lindemann was going to have a really, like, decent tournament. And I'm sure he still can. But um, I was not expecting Doki to beat him in the opening round. So uh, Doki won with the Suplex de la Luna in, a, in about 9 minutes and 20 seconds. So, yeah, good for Doki. Doki's got, uh, Doki got a win on the first night for him. So you love to see it for Doki fans. Bushi versus El Phantasmo. As a big El Phantasmo fan and a not big fan of Bushi, this was very mid. Uh, this is the only match on night two that I think is worth skipping. I just don't really think there's much you're going to miss from this. So if you're just listening to this review and you're looking for what matches to watch and you want to, you know, you're on a limited time, you're just trying to see the, the must-watch stuff, I would say skip Bushi and El Phantasmo. You're not missing much. Uh, Phantasmo would win with the CR2, and after the match he says that he has bigger plans than Kenny... Bigger plans than AJ, bigger plans than Devitt ever did. Uh, so we'll see what exactly he means, but I think it, it's probably fair to say that whenever the Jay White era ends of Bullet Club, um, that El Fantasmo has been positioned to be the guy who could take the the throne as the next you know Gaijin leader for the group. And he has the charisma to do it, he has the ring work to do it, and he definitely could probably work in the heavyweight division eventually. So... Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad they at least have planted the seeds for Phantasmo to eventually take over. Robbie Eagles versus AEW's Wheeler Yuta. This is one I was looking forward to quite a bit, and I thought these two did, you know, really good. This is a match I would love to see ran back in AEW uh, down the line or on, you know, at another New Japan show. Um, I just thought these two, you know, their chemistry was really on display here. I thought they had a nice little technical match here. Um, I don't know how I feel about Robbie Eagles' new gear. <laughs> I'm so used to him in pants, and now he's in trunks, and I just, like, it's definitely going to take some time getting used to. But, um, 
Yuta's here. Yuta's in, in New Japan. I'm very excited for his tournament. Um, and, you know, it's just cool hearing commentary, you know, play up, like, Regal, Danielson, and Moxley and their influences on Yuta. And seeing Yuta use, like, some of their moves and styles in the match here with using, like, the repeated elbow strikes. So, I'm excited for Yuta's tournament. I'm hoping that some of these big matches that he has... Um, in the B block could be good. I'm excited for him versus Desperado specifically. I know everybody's not the biggest fan of TJP, but TJP is a very smooth worker. Um, so I am excited for him versus TJP from a technical level. I'm also fairly excited for him versus El Phantasmo. Um, so yeah, we'll see where, where it goes for him. But surprisingly, this is another, you know, I would say this is an upset for a lot of people. Cause I think going into this tournament, a lot of people are expecting Wheeler Yuta to do, you know, very good because he's the AEW representative, but uh, he did take a loss here on the first night. He was rolled up by Robbie Eagles. Um, so, former IWGP champion Robbie Eagles is starting off his tournament strong, you know, scoring a big upset win over Wheeler Yuta, the current ROH Pure champion. So, we'll see. We do have the Forbidden Door show, so theoretically, you know, somebody who pins Yuta could challenge him for the ROH title at that show. Otherwise, I would assume he's going to be in a Bullet, or not Bullet Club, Blackpool Combat Club tag match. Either way, um, yeah, they could always have Yuta defend the um, pure title in New Japan as well if they wanted to. Um, I guess we'll see. But I thought this was a really strong match technically, so I would recommend this. Master Watto versus TJP. Uh, this was a match on paper that I was not really looking forward to. I don't think Watto is all that special aside from being a meme and TJP is TJP. But I thought these two actually clicked pretty well for what it's worth. Um, I would recommend going to watch this. Just, you know, I don't think this is one where it's like, yeah, this is fine. I would say it's pretty good. Um, TJP would pick up the win here. Um... He would tap out the IWGP junior tag champ. So uh, he has a win over Watto. If uh, if Francesco beats Taguchi, theoretically, I guess we could see TJP and Francesco challenge Team 6 or 9 for the junior tag titles after uh, Best of Super Juniors ends. Um, so I guess we'll see how that goes. And in the main event, we had Titan versus El Desperado. I thought these two had a, another just a, a really solid main event here. Um, night two, I thought, was a really good night for this tournament so far. And none of the matches were, were all that long, which I think really, you know, helped it. Uh, it didn't feel like anything was being stretched for time or just made to feel like, you know, a special New Japan main event. It was just all matches that were like under 15 minutes or around 15 minutes and they felt like they were the perfect amount of time they felt like they were you know early tournament matches and yeah it was just fun this was a fun match between two luchadors and uh just a strong start to el desperado but a nice reintroduction for titan somebody who we haven't seen in new japan since i think 2019 2019 20 um yeah he was in best of super juniors 2019 so um, yeah, Desperado picked up the win with the Pinche Loco, and the uh, the former champion starts off his tournament nice and strong with two points. So that is the first two nights of action. Again, the only match I would say you could probably skip from night two is Phantasmo versus Bushi. If you're an ELP fan, I guess go watch it. Um, Bushi did have a really cool mask for his entrance, I will say that. Um, cooler than usual. So if you're somebody who likes watching Bushi's entrances for his uh, 
his his masks, then you know, I, I can see you maybe wanting to just go look at what the mask was. Um, but that sends us to our next night of action, which is on uh, tomorrow. Actually, I believe I believe we're we got one tomorrow. Yeah, we have uh, Wednesday. We have um, Yo versus Clark Connors, Ace Austin versus Kanemaru, Taguchi versus Ishimori, Alex Zane versus Sho, and Hiromu Takahashi versus Francesco Akira as the lineup. And then night four um, is on Thursday, I believe. Yes, and we have Wheeler Yuta versus Doki, Titan versus El Lindemann, Master Wado versus El Phantasmo, Robbie Eagles versus Bushi, and El Desperado versus TJP. So those are our um, next two shows. And yeah, come back to the podcast and we will go over those as well because I'm going to try and cover this tournament as good as I can. As for our predictions, I'll give you the update here. Um, Coming out of Knights 1 and 2, it's a tie at first place with me and Ryan tied at 8 points. Rob, or sorry, Joey has 6, Rob has 5, and Angelo has 4. So, again, still very close. It's only the first two nights of the tournament. Um, But we will see how this goes. Um, And for those unaware, we do predictions here for Deep Six Wrestling. We do it for AEW, WWE, Impact, and New Japan. Um, Angelo is the current predictions champion, and the title is on the line, but because this tournament ends after uh, Double or Nothing, Double or Nothing is also for the title, so if any of the five of us come out of Double or Nothing as champion, we could lose it uh, on June 3rd when this tournament ends. (laughs) So uh, a very short reign and a very short episode for the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. So again, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to the podcast feed. Uh, All of the links you would need to find us are down in the episode description as well as the links to our social media. So be sure to follow us over there. Comment who you think is going to win the best of the Super Juniors tournament. Comment your favorite match. Whatever you want to do if you're on YouTube, we appreciate it. Be sure to leave a like on the video. Review the podcast. Anything that you can do to help us, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Pat, and thank you for listening.